Well, hello, this is uh, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, and uh, we are Rochelle and Carter. Oh, he's hit it. It's got some really good air on that one. Oh, you're being a golf announcer. It's I thought you were being a golf announcer. I was being announcer. gentle because today's fruit of the spirit is gentleness. So I was trying yes. to be as gentle. Of course, I guess they're gentle too, those golf announcers. I think it might be confusing today that today's is gentleness. Why? Okay, so we've done love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and now gentleness. Why did you say kindness for so long? Because kindness in the King James Version is gentleness. Oh, interesting. So it's like, well, what is gentleness if gentleness is kindness? Well, we're going to find that out today, aren't we? Uh, this is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, and we appreciate you being here. If this is your first time, yeah, you're smack dab in the middle of a series. Um, but generally, outside of these series, we just talk about what we're going through spiritually in our mm-hmm. lives. This is the Fruit of the Spirit series. And so you can go back, binge those, then sure. get here to gentleness. So, well, and, and, and we appreciate ratings and subscribing and all that stuff, There too, are so. some series that you jump into, whether it's Netflix or otherwise, that you're like, oh, you have to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. No, I think you, you could start here. It's That's one of true. those shows that you could just start here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, today, do you, you want to go first? I always feel like I'm just, let's do that. You you kind of have a, uh, a devotional here that is kind of walking you yeah. through what these mean. And so mm-hmm. I, I guess all I'll say is that go, that uh, the fruit of the spirit is found in Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23. Mm-hmm. It's what we uh, what we talked about already is that it's bestowed upon us. We have the ability to be able to live any of these out when we have that relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit is in us. And yet we don't always do that. There's still a battle of flesh and spirit. And so these are also an indicator of, of how are you living? Yes. And quite frankly, bold enough to say, if all of these are absent in somebody's life, are they actually a believer? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you, you, it's a good measurement, too, to some degree. Not that any of these can save you. It's only believing in Jesus that saves you. Or rather, whether, yeah, they're following after Jesus. But yeah, if you're not following after him, well, do you believe in him? I mean, that's just that age-old question. I gotcha. uh, but still, that's that's where we're at, that these are how we can live after Jesus. I think we should start with how I helped my son remember the word bestow and what it means. Because last night, it's spelling test time. One of his vocabulary words is bestow. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that one was catching him weird. Now, make sure, because I, I think with several of these words, I might know it, but forget how it's spelled. Is it B-E-S-T-O-W? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So uh, there were other words with B in the front of it, like befuddled uh-huh. and besieged. Besieged. Besieged is a good one. But yeah. bestow was the one that he was he was kind of stuck on. And I said, okay, so I'm going to come up with this amazing mnemonic device. Oh, no. Just a trick to help him remember it. And it got real graphic. Are you ready for this? I think. So a bee takes off his stinger. He uses it to remove a toe. This is a bee's toe, and he's giving it to you as a gift. <laughs> and ever since, after that, after it gave him that image. Come on. Bestow a bee's toe, and he's giving it as a gift. It's when you're given a gift. You know, with all the problems that <laughs> bees are having lately, how it's insensitive. dare you insult the bees? Listen, there's a lot of buzz going on right now. Okay. And... <laughs> all right. Uh, you're going to bumble your way through that one. I'm going to honey this up you know, yeah. real fast right now. <laughs> uh, but I love the fact that you did say bestow because this is a gift. This is a gift. It's not manufactured by you and me. We've shared this over and over and over again. And I need to learn it over and over and over again. I think you do too. 
Uh, and, and I know that it may come across as harsh. It's like, well, if you don't see these fruit in somebody's life, maybe they're not even a believer. Uh, it doesn't mean that we won't fumble. Yeah, absolutely. We will fumble. Yeah. Just knowing though, that you have access to these and saying, all right, Lord, please, would you remind me of your patience in this moment? Would you remind me of your peace? These are things that I have access to. They're right there, but I'm not utilizing them correctly in the moment or whatever. But today's is gentleness in king james version it's translated meekness meekness and there's something else that is famously shared about being meek and it is in the most famous sermon that jesus shares the sermon on the mount uh it's in matthew 5 and 6 you can find this incredible message including the prayer that jesus taught us to pray is in this message but he goes through something called the b attitudes i know it all see full circle yeah, we got another B joke on line two. <laughs> oh, here it comes. But it's blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meekness. And when you think of the word meek, what comes to your brain? Well, often I think, well, I'll say the obvious because I wanted to look up the definition specifically, but sure. uh, the what comes to mind is somebody especially in today's culture, Mm -hmm. somebody that's shy, that won't stand out. Meek and mild. Meek and mild. Mm -hmm. Boring. I don't know. Okay. You know? So it doesn't really have a lot of like strength to it when you think about it in today's terminology, maybe. Right. Uh, Because, and and that doesn't have a lot of appeal. Who wants to be the boring one? Who wants to be the mild one? They're going to inherit the earth? Really? But here is where meekness we can really grab hold of the meaning of what it is. Okay, so this pictures a strong person who has, in fact, the mindset and the will to submit to the authority placed over them. So think about the toughest general. He's got the battle plans. He knows how to get the job done, but his commander-in-chief says, stand down. Mm. And now he has the strength to submit to the authority placed over him, even though he's got this great battle plan. And he goes, yes, sir. There is something so strong about the ability to say, I will submit my will. Let yours be done. Mm. I mean, we see that with Jesus himself, right? And so meekness It's about the demeanor of a person who is patient. They are slow to respond in anger. Boy, that takes strength. I don't know about you. I'm the most offensive person I think I know. I am the quickest to respond, excuse me, to react. That's a better way to say it. I react really fast. I'm the most self-defensive person I think I know. (laughs) That's just a funny (laughs) statement. Yeah. Well, Uh. because I... I'm really quick to like point it out on other people. Man, you're super defensive. But it's like (laughs) when the mirror is placed in front of me, I recognize this is a big thing in my life. I need to bite my tongue. And someone who is meek, someone who is gentle, someone who is humble, someone who is strong and yet able to bridle that tongue of theirs. That's who we're talking about. And Jesus says they will inherit the earth. Yeah, some of the uh, synonyms, patience, long-suffering, Resignation, gentleness, obviously, softness, submissiveness, um, obedience is one that sticks out. Mm-hmm. 
So um, another way that this word would have been used uh, would have been in regards to a wild animal that was tamed. So there was a strength about them, but they were submissive to the authority again over them. Mm. Um, in addition to that, there was, uh, it, it, like in medical terms, someone who had a meek spirit, someone who was meek was, um, like I'm going to read this verbatim from this book. It's called Sparkling Gems. It's from Rick Renner. It says, it was also used in a medical sense to denote soothing medication to calm the angry mind. Hmm. So soothing medicine, I want my response to be that for people. Because do I want to bring, I mean, God, Jesus said I came to bring a sword. I don't know that he ever goes, hey, I want you to do all of that. Because here's the thing, in my hands, a sword could do a lot more damage than it could represent the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So what I need to do is allow my sword to be the word of God. That's what, in fact, it says in Ephesians is my sword is his word. So what I need to do actually is be, uh, is be it active in, in like soothing people. I mean, there's so much today that people, uh, we know what you're against, but if, if they know what I'm for, won't they also know what I'm against? Not always, not always necessarily. And sometimes you are brought into those circumstances where your words will cut. But I think you better be super sure the Holy Spirit's on board with what you're sharing. You've prayed about it before you've gone into, quote, battle. Mm -hmm. And you know that this is what I'm supposed to do before you start cutting and dicing. I need to make sure that my words are soothing because people are wounded. Yeah. And, and that's what a meek spirit can be. We, I just see it. I know you see it too. This defensiveness of American Christianity and so many leaders, many of them meaning well, mm. my right, I can't believe the government's going to say this or they can't tell us to do this or this bill or this law or just even, even aside from politics that we need to step up because the atheists are after us or what it's. I guess it's just the fact that all of this is one should be expected that we will face difficulty as believers in Jesus in this world because the world will reject Jesus. But also you, you think about none of this is a given either because in terms of being a Christian in America and, and having the right to God and country and all this, we could have been born. What if you were born in China what if you were born and God chose that that's where your life was going to be and you don't have those rights? Mm -hmm. And so I think regardless of our, of our environment, we should not go to this place of fighting for the right to Christianity. We should go to this place of gentleness to be able to share Jesus better to more people. I've, sh I've read in history that when people originally came up with the constitution it was always with their neighbor in mind mm. mm -hmm. and it wasn't about your right to your right to your right it was about the right to these um to these tools to help in in keeping our country safe for the benefit of others if that makes sense mm -hmm. so i mean that that does feel very um that that's jesus's message yeah is to serve others um and I know that there are times where people um, feel, especially because if they're coming to the aid of those whose life they feel is in, um, 
is being threatened that they need to come to their aid. And I absolutely, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we become so right that that we're wrong in the way we present Jesus's words. Jesus never presented anything but a meek spirit. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is thrown out there a lot. Well, what about the temple when he overturned the tables? That was a situation you and I can never, ever be able to empathize with. The, The temple was representative of so much in terms of the relationship that God had always desired with his creation. And people had made it just an abomination and they come in with the buying and the selling and the marketplace and the this and the that. And it was so completely upside down that literally when Jesus overturned things, it might as well have been right side up. I uh-huh. mean, it, just, it was so backwards. And so this was literally it's something we cannot relate with per se, because this was this was Jesus, the son of God. This was, in fact, God made manifest right there on the planet saying, I'm done with your interpretation of what my temple should look like. And so having said that, okay, well, where's righteous indignation and righteous anger and all of that stuff? Where is all of that? It's at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. is where it is. And we all need, we always need to submit that anger to Jesus first and say, Lord, here is my frustration. You understand my frustration because I, I'm, I'm hurting for people or whatever it may be. How do you want me to express so that I am not being guilty of the very thing I'm frustrated about. I don't want to be vile in the way that I represent Lord, the Lord. So. You could see how if righteous anger comes up in, in you, where it's because somebody is telling your kids a false, let's say you find out the Sunday school teacher is telling your kids a false gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Jesus actually isn't who he said he was. That's going to be some righteous anger. Be like, don't you dare tell my kids yes. that. Okay. And so I, but I think we go to that righteous anger place a lot more. I have a good analogy, I think. I know, Rochelle, you're not, a, you don't know sports, you know, that much, but you're aware what bunting is in baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you hold the, instead of swinging the bat, you hold the bat out. Mm-hmm. And there's only a specific amount of reasons that you would ever do that. Really, I think of uh, really just one, to be honest with you. It's in a close game where you want to, r- r- you're sacrificing your, yourself as an out to make sure that, that some, a runner gets to another base. Okay. So if you have a runner on second, he's going to go to uh, a third, or he's, maybe he'll get home if he's already on third. You're giving up because it's a tight game, and you're giving up yourself as an out so that they can move over. Okay. And that's that's a very, very limited time that you would ever, you wouldn't go up in the first inning and bunt very often. You might yeah. do it to try to surprise somebody, but you're just, you're going to swing the bat. You're just going to swing the bat. And I feel like what I see on Facebook with American Christians, well, with, with Christians today, even I'll say the, the term first world Christians, the church, you know, it's easy and convenient and, you know, and all that. I see so many people default to that bunt, if you will, mm-hmm. that, that time where you would only do it a specific time, but they're def- defaulting this righteous anger just willy nilly. Mm. Don't tell me my church is wrong. Your church is wrong. Guess what about your prophet? Guess what about what are we doing? Yeah. Why are we in a Facebook argument over you have an opportunity to witness to that person of a different religion or or some of these an atheist and you're getting all sensitive because they're the world will do that. Yeah. Why are we defaulting to anger when the proper uh 
In this, in this analogy, the proper thing to do is swing the bat of grace, swing the bat of gentleness. Yeah. That's 90% of the time what we should be doing. We heard from a woman the other day called and she asked for prayer and won't mention her name, but she said, I'm really struggling because my father is older and I've taken year, uh, I've taken like 15 years of my life to lovingly care for him. Mm-hmm. And now he has a girlfriend that's half of his age and he's rewritten his will and she just was struggling. She said, "Would I just want my heart to not be cold towards him. And I was so blessed by her prayer request. It wasn't, here's all the reasons why he's a horrible dad. And I gave 15 years of my life. It was like, I'm really struggling yeah. because I know that Jesus wants me to release this so that I can grab hold of peace. And I think that's what we have to do. It's not that you do not have a case. Or the feeling. Or the feeling. The feeling's there, certainly. The feeling is there. The emotion is there. I am sure there is a biblical basis even for the reasoning behind the anger. And thus you feel justified Mm -hmm. to start ranting. But God is asking us to calm down. Jesus spoke with clarity. He spoke at a pace that was not rushed because he knew who he was. Mm -hmm. And he did not have to cater to his own emotional whims or to the the needs of other people and their emotional fancies either. He knew who he was. And it's like, okay, so now I need to remember whose I am. So when I have cause to get defensive about something that I may be very well justified in, let's use the scenario of the Sunday school teacher that's teaching my kids the wrong thing. Calmly going to her, the Bible tells me a gentle answer turns away wrath. Now, sometimes it proves that they're... You're knocking on a door and nobody's going to answer because they're just, no, I'm not willing to talk to you, even if you do give me a gentle answer. Mm-hmm. Then sure. you need to pray again. Go back to the drawing board because you, you're about to probably rip somebody open at that point, especially if your children are involved. That's what mama bears and papa bears do, you know, but that's not what God is asking us to do. He is asking, would you submit your emotion right now to me? Look at the authority of the general in the scenario at the very beginning that we were talking about. He has the reasoning. He has not just the reasoning, but the experience. This is what's going on. He knows what would be the right move, but his commander in chief is saying to stand down. Will I do that? And I mean, it's it's one of those things that God says through my spirit, you have access to this gentle, this meek response and it's through my spirit. You got to grab it, though. Otherwise, you are going to be out of alignment with who God is. I, I like what you said about Jesus remembering who he was. And we should be doing the same, obviously, that we're children of God and that we'll be with him forever after this life. And this life is a blip. And so you think about when you've seen the movie, mm-hmm. but somebody else hasn't that you're <laughs> watching with or really going into any hero movie and knowing the good guy's going to win in the end anyway. Yeah. And you don't we. But even during a movie, I, I go there, you know, you watch Avengers. Is Captain America going to be okay? <laughs> you know, and But, you know, when it's, especially yeah. when it's the first couple of Captain America, you know, he's going to win at the end, even though the bad guy got ahead in the middle. And we, we feel ourselves going there even when we know the end of the movie. Yeah. Yet we don't have to. And that's the same way with life. We don't have to get caught up in these really insignificant things, quite but, frankly, in the long run. If we're going to go real nerdy, then let's just go there. So, Nerd it up. Uh, spoiler alert, Endgame. If you haven't seen it. It's been like two years it's almost. Been a while. But if you think about it, 
What happens in the very last sequence of events to overthrow the bad guy? Who I just want you to picture Thanos as everything evil. Uh-huh. So he's the enemy. He's the he's Satan. Okay. Okay. And let's look at uh, several church members as the Avengers, okay? Okay. So maybe different denominations, people where we differ in politically even or whatever. Thor in that movie is in charge of the potluck if he's one of the church members. <laughs> like melted ice cream. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, there is this moment where Thor's hammer, he is hit so hard that it's clear over there and he's, he's totally too far away from it. He's not in a place where he just puts out his hand and it usually comes to him. But Captain America comes along and he picks up the hammer and is able to utilize its powers, which I mean, if you're, you have no idea about anything about the Avengers, that's never a thing. Thor's the only one who can touch the hammer. So what does Thor, what is Thor's response though? When Captain America picks up his tool, his right, Mm -hmm. what is, what is his response to Cap? I knew it. And he was all about it. Let's get this enemy together. I don't care if it's by my hand Mm. or if it's by your hand, Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it requires sacrifice on the part of Iron Man to take out the enemy. The ultimate sacrifice. So you look at this kind of film. Yes, it's Hollywood. Yes, it's everything cheesy. And I love it. I eat it up. I think it's great. But it's also based on the human need for a messianic figure, Mm -hmm. which is Jesus, the one who selflessly gave himself for all selflessly gave himself for all who taught us by his example to do so. And that it's not about, well, I was the one who kind of, I was the one who threw the final blow or whatever. It's not about that. It's about working together. We need to never lose sight of the fact that we have a common, his name is Jesus. We have that in common. We are a part of the family of God. We're going to differ just like we do with our own families, our DNA families, you know, but we also have a common enemy and the enemy wants us to lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, when we kind of fall into temptation and start to just kind of give in to the self, 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 my right to my right, then we also lose sight of God. And that is not okay. And that's exactly where the enemy wants us to be. I, I heard a great definition the other day. Uh, we've had Mike Winger on before. Uh, he has a, a podcast called the Bible Thinker Podcast. And, and the interpretation of lukewarm, lukewarm is such a bad word in Christian culture. You know, you'd rather be cold than lukewarm. And yet, you know, he said, when you really look at the verse, what it's kind of saying is hot and cold are both good. We mm-hmm. kind of get that messed up. We, we think one's good, one's bad. No, they're both good just in different ways. Hot's hot, like hot food. Mm-hmm. It's hot, it's good. Cold, like cold, refreshing beverage. Okay. And how they're describing lukewarm is you were once good. You were hot, you were refreshing, whichever one. And you have sat and let your environment adapt you to it. You've become tepid. You've become tepid or stale. Okay. And now, instead of, like you said, working together, seeing the bigger picture, working towards eternity, taking as Satan's trying to take as many people to hell with him. Let's try to take as many people to heaven with us. Right. And instead of doing that, we get caught up on... Well, I can't do that right now. I got bills or uh, sports league or uh, I just got to get a new job or even some of those obviously important or fun things. But our mindset goes to that. That's the most important thing. And we're lukewarm in that sense in different aspects of our lives of uh, I've let my environment. I've adapted to it instead of to try to get my environment to adapt to 
to Jesus. There is more from Jesus in regards to a humble spirit than anything depicting a righteous anger uh, from him. I mean, there is certainly the wrath of God is, is real. And the only thing that satisfied it was the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. It was satisfied in that moment of the incredible song in Christ alone. Those were the words. And some folks even were like, oh, those feel too harsh. Let's rewrite it. The love of God was satisfied. No, the wrath of God was satisfied because he's a just God. And he is upset by things that are unjust, by things that are wrong, that are filled with sin. And there will be accountability. It's up to him, though. He is the judge and jury. And so if I remember that and I think, okay, God's not asking me to get angry per se. He recognizes that that's an emotion I'm going to deal with when I see something that is unjust. And that's fine. I think a little dose of anger can be good as long as I channel it in the right way. As long as I say, all right, Lord, I'm angry because this feels wrong. Would you direct me now? And see, here's that's where you start to find yourself being meek, just like the general. I know what I need to do to win this war, mm-hmm. but now I'm going to submit to what my commander in chief is asking me to do with what I know I I can do. Yeah. So I because ultimately he's got the million foot view above us and can tell from beginning to end. I need to calm down. His spirit, interestingly enough, the fruit of his spirit, anger is not included. Getting even is not included. It's about kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness we're talking about. You know, tomorrow we're talking about self-control. How does self-control differ from this one today in terms of like being able to control a strength and being able to have a gentle answer in in response um, to, to a, a wrath-filled situation? It's actually quite fascinating. There is a difference, and we have access to that one as well. Uh, we uh, They all fit together, clearly. Mm-hmm. And so we'd encourage you, if you haven't got a chance, to go back and listen to the other ones. But gentleness has been such a great conversation. And then next week, we'll wrap up the series with self-control. The week of Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, so feel free to uh, pray for me. I don't want to hear some of that in regards to, to food next week. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. Uh, that sounds good. Feel free to rate our podcast and subscribe. Tell others. We do appreciate that. And then check out more resources. Hopeondemand.com. 